Clinker Factor, the cement industry podcast. Welcome to the Clinker Factor, a podcast from WCA, which looks at the cement industry's response to climate change around the world. I'm Ian Riley, CEO of WCA, and your host on the Clinker Factor. And today I'm talking again to Matthias Mersman, the Chief Technical Officer of KHD. Uh, we're looking at the role that technology improvements have already made to the industry's environmental footprint and examining the outlook for further improvements. In the last podcast, we looked at preheater and precalciner technology, and today we're going to take a look at grinding technology. So, uh, Matthias, before we get started on to uh, new technologies, perhaps you could start by reminding us of the traditional grinding solutions that are used in the cement industry. Yes, Ian, that's right. There's a, a large population of ball mills uh, in use in the cement industry, and that for good reason. Uh, the ball mill as such uh, is a grinding technology that has been developed many, many years ago, and it's a very robust uh, technology that delivers uh, many of the properties and many of the good uh, uh, characteristics that the cement industry is looking for. And actually, uh, despite its higher energy consumption, the product ground in ball mills very much satisfies the uh, targets uh, uh, with respect to uh, product quality of the cement producer. So there's a good reason to still use ball mills in the cement industry, although their energy consumption is on the high side. And in the future, these, these high energy consumptions uh, need to be reduced by probably uh, high pressure grinding technologies. Yeah, so well, perhaps we can come back to product quality issues uh, later on, because I think it is quite an interesting uh, topic. Um, so this move away from the traditional ball mill solution, I, I think, probably started with, with KHD's development of the roller press. Is that right? I guess we played an important role. That's true. Um, we'll have to travel back to the uh, 1980s, so the 80s of the last uh, century, where Professor Schönert in Germany made a very important research uh, and development work where he developed the concept of the high pressure grinding rolls. And KHD actually was the first company to take this new technology to the market and develop a product from it for the cement industry, which uh, KHD marketed under the name Roller Press. Other companies and other users and other industries took up this concept, of course, uh, also because it uh, provided a, a jump forward in energy efficiency. This roller press is also known uh, generally under the term HPGR, which stands for high pressure uh, grinding rollers. Uh, it's a machine that is set up very simply, consisting of two grinding rollers which are uh, working horizontally forming a gap in between themselves and through this gap material flows and is then uh, pressed by those two rollers with very high pressure so that the particle comminution itself is not taking place because a ball is hitting on this particle but the pressure 
is put so high that the particle breaks within itself uh, in a quasi isostatic pressure condition. So could, could we think of this as being similar to um, a crusher, you know, a roller crusher mechanism on much, a much larger scale? That is very close to it. And actually people who are not familiar with high pressure grinding systems uh, tend to believe that what they look at is a crusher. Uh, the uh, geometrical setup looks quite comparable, like a roller crusher. The difference being that in a roller crusher, the applied pressure is not that high. If we talk about the high pressure grinding roller system or the roller press, we talk about pressures that are magnitudes higher than in a conventional roller crusher. So we have to think of the particles being put under pressure comparable to uh, very high isostatic pressure in, in, in many meters below sea level, for example, pressures coming from all the places and the pressure is so high that the particle breaks within itself. Uh, it's not a question of being hit by a metallic surface, it's crushing from within itself. Mm. And so from the cement maker's standpoint, what, what were the main uh, advantages and, and what were the drawbacks of, of the new system? The new system clearly made uh, a huge step forward in terms of grinding efficiency. Now we have to keep in mind that the grinding process as such, that is particle comminution, is probably one of the worst efficient processes mankind ever invented. And still mankind is so much depending on it. Uh, in a regular ball mill comminution, uh, process, for example, we can assume that maybe only 5% or less than 5% of the total energy brought into the system is actually transferred into particle breakage, only 5%. Now, when the high pressure grinding roll technology came up, we were able to almost double this. So still, we are at a very low energy efficiency level, but there is no no, no process in the world for particle comminution that shows a higher efficiency than the uh, HPGR or, or roller press. So energy efficiency is clearly the step forward. And like we can think of, there is no, no such thing like an invention that brings along only advantages. Of course, uh, there are also properties which are not so much beneficial uh, compared to the uh, ball mill. And one aspect is um, when we talk about the properties of ground cement, which is the final product of a cement factory, of course, then this quality is described very much by a particle size distribution curve. And uh, also particle shape might, might play a role in the end for the customer to to create uh, concrete and the cement paste, which is which has certain quality properties. So the roller press, by its energy efficient grinding in bed comminution, is what is also referred to, creates a different particle size distribution. 
So the task for the engineers is to create a system that combines the benefit of the energy efficiency with the required particle size distribution and product quality. Uh, when the roller press was introduced, was it first introduced for raw meal or, or was it first introduced for cement? It was clearly introduced first for raw meal and it could play all its strength uh, in this field because the particle size distribution curve was not so much important for, for creating raw meal. So the first installations in raw meal were really successful. Uh, the roller press and HPGR is still very successful in the cement market uh, and, and it's not possible to think of a cement industry without roller presses. But clearly the first application were in um, the grinding of raw material. And that was perfectly in line also with the theoretical background that was worked upon from Professor Schönert and his team. Um, but you are pointing out correctly that of course later on when the cement industry got to understand and got to uh, welcome all that benefit that comes with roller presses in raw material grinding, the ideas, of course, came up to utilize this technology also for the other grinding process in the cement plant, which is the cement grinding. And uh, it might seem uh, strange to people who are not uh, deeply involved in, in these technologies, but grinding cement and grinding raw material is somewhat different. And accordingly, the challenges uh, in grinding cement came up and uh, needed to be solved and have been solved. And the, today, roller presses in cement grinding uh, are bound into a grinding plant concept that can be considerably different than in raw material grinding. So uh, as I've seen occasionally that uh, companies have a bore mill for the final grinding and a, and a roller press for pre-grinding. So it, this, I, I suppose, is a compromise from an efficiency standpoint, but perhaps addresses the particle shape and distribution question. Is that right? Exactly so, Ian, exactly so. These so-called semi-finished grinding circuits, there are lots of, lots of uh, circuits into which uh, grinding machines and classification machines can be combined to, to form several types of grinding plant and grinding processes. And one of the most favorable is to combine a roller press with a ball mill for finished grinding. So the first uh, comminution down to say something like 2000 blame, which is not sufficient to create a final cement product is being ground in a roller press. And then this material is being transferred to a second grinding circuit consisting of a ball mill. And then the ball mill will take for, uh, for the finished grinding uh, up to the blame size, which is required for the specific product. So it's a combination of energy efficiency in the first step and product quality in the second step. That is, uh, that is true. And it's possible to, to do this in multiple ways. And lately, we have developed a process that allows also to finish grind cement in a roller press which is then taking the advantage of the energy efficiency to the full scope and still produce a cementitious product uh, to the affordable and the required blame fineness. 
without having it uh, run in a ball mill for finish grinding. So how have you done that? What's the nature of the technology that has allowed you to do that? The, the key is probably in the classification. We have to understand that grinding, although we tend to believe grinding is done uh, in, in that machine which does the particle comminution, it will never be successful without having a classifier in that circuit which takes care of the final product quality. So we have to think of grinding plants as closed circuits anyhow. The time of open circuits, a single pass ball mills is long gone. And today, all grinding plants are closed circuits where material is ground and, and uh, particles are comminuted in the grinding machine. And then this intermediate product is being fed to a classifier. This classifier uh, on working on several different technologies again, uh, takes care of sorting out the ready product and feeds back what is not according to product specifics back to the grinding machine. Now the cut point of that classifier is understandably important for shaping the particle size distribution of the ready ground product. And uh, developments in the classifier technology allow to finish grind cement in a roller press circuit. Okay, so I'm, I'm glad you brought up classification. Now, I be, before I moved to the cement industry, I was in the industrial minerals industry. And, and, and we always thought about things in terms of a whole series of particle size measurements. So not just the blame, you know, not just a surface area measurement, but, you know, percentage less than two microns and uh, residue on various screens and so forth. And it always struck me as slightly surprising in the cement industry, which is a much larger industry, there wasn't more attention paid to classification. So I, do you think this is a, a trend that we see in the cement industry now, that, that the value of classification is, is, uh, is being realized? Absolutely so, Ian. And I, I have to tell you, I enjoyed every single year I've been working in the cement industry. But one thing I know about the cement industry, uh, the cement industry sometimes takes some time to uh, adopt to new possibilities, uh, new technologies, which does have its own argumentation and it's understandable uh, looking at the huge masses and, uh, to be produced, looking at the huge investment that comes with these huge plants. It's all understandable. But you're pointing out a very good uh, argument here. And actually we are about to see this. We, are, we start seeing this already in, in the latest projects that the quality requirement uh, of the ground cement is increasingly often dominated not only by creating a certain blame value, uh, but uh, creating a certain particle size distribution curve, which means we are referencing the quality to the amount of particles within a certain size class. And uh, lately, not even only a certain particle size distribution curve and a homogeneous particle size distribution curve has been asked for, but also particle size distribution curves, which need to be synthesized by mixing together uh, two or more intermediate 
products so that you can sort of like design a certain maximum residue in, in a certain uh, fineness range and a certain fineness uh, contribution in another coarseness range. So this is actually uh, a very hot topic uh, in cement grinding these days. And this calls again for a next round of technological development and technological innovation in that sense that along with the general trend to produce much finer cements in the future, for several reasons we can talk about later, adding to that, the clients, the cement producers are looking not only for finer ground cements, but also for designed synthesized particle size distribution. And that requires to uh, integrate also a a different new type maybe of uh, fine grinding machines. Ball mills could do that, but because of the uh, lack of energy efficiency, we will probably see in the next years also innovation in terms of new fine grinding technologies. And these will these be different types of mills or will these be uh, mills that are in existing use that have been modified uh, to grind finer? Yeah, that's an interesting question that is not answered yet. Uh, the community is in the face of sorting this out and evaluating this and developing this. If you ask me, I don't believe that it's gonna go back to the ball mill, but it could be a tumbling mill, but a tumbling mill probably with, with internals. Uh, there are new types of mill concepts around which sort of like combine the concept of the tumbling cylinder, the rotating cylinder alongside with internals inside the mill and also with grinding media inside the mill who do have energetic advantages as against a simple ball mill. But if we get finer and finer, I wouldn't exclude that we could also see in the future complete new grinding mechanisms being installed, like sound waves or energetic waves or something like that. Um, as you have been working in, in mining and pigments uh, yourself, you know that in these industries also, there is a trend uh, when it comes to ever more fine materials to apply mechanisms for comminutions, which are not necessarily mechanical mechanisms. Uh, the finest, uh, um, well, of the calcium carbonates that uh, we used to produce was produced in a wet mill. But I don't think we want to go back there for cement. Surely not. <laughs> um, in terms of uh, classification, you mentioned the, uh, the classifiers are getting more sophisticated and, and um, able to make more precise cuts. Uh, has the, is that a, a step change in the classifier technology or is that a, a perfection of existing technology? I guess classifier technology develops uh, rather in evolutions than in revolutions. So the, the classical principle will always uh, remain more or less the same and the, the classical objective will more or less remain to be the same. So we have a mass flow of particles which do have different sizes. So we have a particle size distribution and we need to cut out uh, particles which are finer than the, than the cut point. 
and uh, this this always requires certain principles to be implemented. So the advantage and the progress in classifier technology will be dealing always with mastering the flow process, mastering the fluid dynamics, mastering the way the classifier will handle the flow of this suspension through that classifying wheel. And I guess we, we will be talking uh, only uh, mainly about dynamic classifiers. Of course, there is a reason in, in some occasions to still use static classifiers. They do have their meaning for certain applications. But when we talk about uh, making sure we're producing the right salmon quality as a finished product, we will not get along without a dynamic classifier. And there are people who differentiate classifiers in certain generations. I have to admit, I don't do it because the, this, this doesn't really explain the, the real technology behind it. The real technology of a dynamic classifier is defined by its ability to handle the flow situation of that suspension. And you can have second generation classifiers who do the job just as good as uh, any other third generation, so-called third generation classifier. So we've talked about uh, ball mills and roller presses. I, I, I think we should also talk about vertical mills. So the, was the vertical mill uh, introduced into the cement industry later than the roller press? Um, that's a good question. I think it was earlier. I think it was earlier, but um, maybe not for the same purpose. There are um, roller, uh, vertical roller mills, I guess, around. They have been around for coal grinding for a long time. And uh, like engineers work, they, they look what is available, maybe outside my scope, maybe in a different industry. And then they, you start transferring it to your application. And sometimes it works better. Sometimes it doesn't work that, that, that good. Vertical roller mills are, again, a very important development uh, for the cement industry. And uh, just like the uh, roller press was important for grinding raw material starting from the 80s, the vertical roller mills have also been equally important uh, for the first for the grinding of raw material. And then, of course, they had the same development as they were then later on used for grinding cement as well. And today they, they are used for grinding slags as well. So that is somewhat comparable to the high pressure grinding roll or roller press. Of course, these two technologies uh, do differ a little bit uh, in, in, in terms of their pros and cons. The pro for a vertical roller mill, of course, is that uh, this is a whole grinding circuit within one housing, within one machine. So that has advantages uh, with respect to, say, plant engineering and, and setting up a plant layout because you have one unit that is within one fixed housing and it's, it's getting you, you a clear plant engineering. Uh, the efficiency question is not as efficient as in roller presses, but there is a direct link to the classifier in that housing that also provides some benefits. The, both machines do have their right 
to contribute uh, in the population of cement plants. And, and how would you characterize the horizontal roller mills? Yes, that is, uh, I think it's an interesting concept uh, because it uh, somewhat forms the intermediate between the roller press and the VRM. Uh, it is based on high pressure comminution in a horizontal gap, like in the roller press, but it combines also classification within that concept like the VRM does. So it's, it's a logical approach. If you put the roller press together and the VRM and you're asking yourself, what could be the intermediate, you will be arriving at the horror mill. In that sense, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. I think one of the interesting aspects of uh, the different mills and the different vertical mill designs, uh, vertical roller mill designs, as well as the horror mill is the maintenance side. And, and some, some of the designs are, are clearly easier to maintain uh, than others, because you're going to have to build up the rollers um, you know, every so often, you're going to have to uh, build up the table every so often. So, you, you know, you, you need um, uh, something that is relatively easy to maintain. And it, seem, it seems that that's one of the differentiations between different producers. That is absolutely true. And maintenance is, of course, one of the key arguments uh, in an industry that is so maintenance intense. Every operating hour you can save or push your maintenance line back uh, is really an advantage. Uh, and uh, accordingly, the designers for all of those grinding machines are having maintenance friendliness on the top of their list. Now, as you say, from the, from the structure of these different grinding machines, concepts, technologies, whatever you call it, come or, or dominate the type of maintenance you need to do. For example, one of the big advantages of the VRMs is that uh, at least if you have a vertical roller mill with um, multiple rollers, uh, you can swing out uh, two opposite rollers, for example, uh, do maintenance on those surfaces and still operate the vertical roller mill uh, with slightly reduced throughput. So that's a clear advantage. Um, the advantage of a roller press is that uh, the simplicity of the geometry allows for higher pressure and also uh, clearer geometrical boundary conditions for doing maintenance. Like for example, uh, a roller press can be equipped with a laser scanner, which is actually some, some, some development which we've done lately. We are equipping our roller press with a laser, laser scanner, which constantly scans the wear out profile of the rollers. And uh, we can also put in a welding machine so that these rollers can uh, very easily be surfaced, surface uh, regenerated. Uh, whereas in a vertical roller mill, if you have to exchange the table, uh, then your plant will be shut down for several months. So everything comes with pros and cons. And it's very important for the cement producer to align his maintenance schedule according to the requirements of the technology. That also goes for different surfaces, for example. There are surfaces being used 
that withstand 40,000, maybe sometimes 50,000 operating hours without having to do any maintenance on it. But then you'll have to uh, discard them at the end of their life. And other surfaces are there uh, who need regular regeneration of the surface, but then they go for, for, for very long service life. So maintenance has to fit to the technology. Um, I think one of the um, interesting questions is, is, is what is going to happen next in terms of the, the development. And we've talked about some of that already. I, I was talking to Sonoma earlier this year, and they were saying that, that uh, they've been doing some upgrades uh, for vertical mills based on using um, a bucket elevator rather than just using air to sweep the material up to the classifier. And it's quite as surprising. I think they were saying 30% reduction or something like that in, in, in the power consumption. It, it uh, surprised me how much of the power is being used you know, by the fan to circulate the material, material inside, inside the mill. And I, I wonder if you, you see other opportunities for efficiency of the milling system, that not just the mill itself, you know, as you've talked about already, but, but the milling system uh, and the, I suppose the material handling uh, system too. Absolutely. If you look at the pressure job such a vertical roller mill produces, we're talking about something like 50, 60, 70 millibars. And uh, you'll have to consider that the material that is circulating between the grinding table and the classifier is about five to seven, eight times the mass flow of product. So the internal recirculation rate is something like five to seven, depending on the, on the fineness in the end. So it can even go up to 10, 10 times as much material circulating internally. And of course, this all has to be pneumatically transported to the classifier. This creates a considerable pressure drop. This is in turn, the strong position of the roller press because the roller press can be combined with a classifier while the material transport is being done by a bucket elevator, which represents exactly the retrofit scenario which we have described, which is a logical step, although it doesn't have to be like that. Also, roller presses can be, uh, can be set in a circuit environment where the grid transportation is done pneumatically to a classifier. So the degree of freedom in, in optimizing projects specifically, well, maybe some project needs to be optimized in terms of low energy consumption. Maybe another project needs to be optimized in, ter in terms of, uh, in terms of uh, best, best possible uh, plant engineering. So um, the roller press, however, keeps its uh, benefit in terms of the higher comminution efficiency. If you retrofit a vertical roller mill with a bucket elevator transportation, you'll bring down the pressure drop, but you not get to the comminution efficiency like in a high pressure grinding roll or roller press. But just coming back to the um, point you made early on about um, product quality and uh, the, the changing demands of the cement industry, uh, you, you, you talked about the trend towards finer cements and, and to more specific particle size requirements. So what benefits are, are the producers trying to get from the products that are produced with those, those finer cements and specific particle size cuts? 
Yeah, that's a whole world of uh, cement quality and cement products uh, which are going to change, which are already changing and which are still going to change even more when we talk about future cements like composite cements, fly ash, uh, slags and um, everything that goes along with the CO2 agenda specifically. The, the, the key point here is that uh, CO2 and the respective cost reduction through the cost impact of CO2 will lead cement producers to using less clinker in their cement products. This is one of the biggest levers for CO2 reduction and consequently also cost reduction. And this means if we substitute uh, the highly uh, hydraulic active portion of clinker in the cement by some other uh, less hydraulic uh, product, then um, as a compensation, we need to grind the material finer. So there's a natural uh, necessity to grind material finer. Now, it's not only that we need to grind it finer because uh, the different ad additives or material that are being mixed into the cement, they also come with different say abrasiveness, for example, they come with different particle size distribution uh, in their feet condition. So uh, they might change the way the material flows. They might change the material, the, the wear rate of the grinding tools. So there's a whole lot of uh, challenges coming up to uh, designing new grinding plants for the future. Well, I think that's... Uh, uh encouraging to know that the grinding technologists will not be out of a job and will have plenty to do to uh, cope with these uh, low carbon cements. And uh, I guess also um, we'll see changes, not just on the cement side, but also on, on the concrete side, uh, so that uh, uh, gradually we'll, we'll become more efficient at using high CO2 clinker in ultimately constructing buildings and, uh, and other infrastructure. As you say, concrete, there is another important thing we didn't touch so far. Uh, there is one lever of CO2 uh, reduction uh, consisting of recarbonization of spent concrete. And there's, uh, there's quite a potential to utilize this as a way to sequester CO2, which we have to capture early on in, in the process. And this uh, calls for grinding concrete, which is actually something that uh, was not done before. And again, concrete is a different material and it will have different uh, comminution properties, uh, will, will react differently on, on whether you use pressing force or shear force or impact force for comminution of concrete. So that's a complete new range of product that is to be uh, comminuted. And this will keep uh, grinding engineers busy. It, it sounds like uh, a topic for another podcast. <laughs> so I, uh, it's, uh, it's been great talking to you again today, Matthias. Um, I think our, our next topic is planned to be on uh, re emission reduction and, and AFR. So thank you very much uh, for your uh, contribution today.
It's my pleasure to be uh, on your program, Ian, uh, and I'm looking forward for the next session. Thank you.